The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Toy and welcome once again to a Came from the Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing. distancing. We have none other than Fishy Sarcasm, Dominic, and Mr. Mansurano. I feel so distant from everybody. We have uh, L Man, Jenny Feldy. I'm not feeling so distant. Maybe I'd like to be a little more distant these days. Mm. And we have our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino. I'm feeling senior. Mm. <laughs> So on this week's show, we have another Jaybird and Lee segment. Our very own L-Man, Jenny Feldy, is doing her CradleCon wrap-up. And I, Mark, is doing an interview with a comic creator, Christy Shin. Before we do any of that, let's take it away with the news. It's Morphin' Time! Brought to you in part by the fine folks of sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. As well as, why do I hear eating? <laughs> Who's eating? I, I was totally still, so I guess it's not me. <laughs> Somehow, Charlie's to blame. Okay. Yeah, nobody well, I, nobody I, move. Nobody move. Um, also, my fine folks of the Big Apple Con, which we're at the official radio show of, celebrating over 26 years of complexness in pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention is scheduled for December the 17th. It is the Big Apple Christmas Con. Um, tickets are on sale right now, but I do not believe a headliner has been announced. Also, want to give a shout out to our Patreons, of which there are. Danny Grella, Wardering Director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday, Famous Dresden Media, Unjikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, Yasmin Ray and Rosa. You want to get your own little shout out? Go to our website, www.camefrenario.com. Go uh, to the button that will take you right to our Patreon page. And just for $8, I still hear stuff going on in the background. I'm not chewing. Nobody move. To quote Ernest from uh, uh, Ernest Saves Christmas, nobody moves, nobody dies. And Rosa. So go to uh, www.camefrenario.com, go to our um, donation page, go takes you right to our Patreon page, just for a dollar a month. It will give you, uh, you get a shout out on our show, which is usually run better than this. And also, we can sign up for our, on our website, you can also sign up for our mailing list. You can hear about all our things that we are doing, including our live show, which is done every once a month, courtesy of the East Middle Public Library. All right, well, so I could let's counter see you. Our... I could counter you with Falcomers Doc Holiday. Nonsense. By all means, move. Just saying. <laughs> well, you don't want people to move because obviously the, the, the background noise is picking up something. Mm. But if we don't move, how are we going to go anywhere? We don't want um, you to go anywhere. We want you to stay here, listen to the show, and participate in the show. I beg to differ, Huckleberry. <laughs> oh, I'm your Huckleberry. Yeah. So, I beg to differ. You're a daisy <laughs> if you do. <laughs> Let's start off with the sad news. We only have one bit of sad news this week, and that oh, no. is actually 
You want more sad news? <laughs> yeah, before it was too much, and now it's not enough. <laughs> I'd like it. I'd like enough sad news that I feel like the lead in airplane, where <sighs> people start wanting to like light themselves on fire. <sighs> oh no! Actress Mary Mara died recently from drowning while swimming. Um, while Mary appeared in such film slash TV shows as The Hard Way, True Colors, Mr. Saturday Night, Love Potion Number Nine, Bound, Switched at Birth, Saint Sinner, The Gridiron Gang, Prom Night, Loretta Swit, Dexter, Ray Donovan, and General Hospital, just to name a few, she is perhaps best known for her role as Inspector Bryn Carson in the first two seasons of the CBS series Nash Bridges, which aired in the late 90s. Um, I know uh, Dominic definitely you are a fan. Of Nash Bridges, do you I remember? Uh, and I do remember her. Yes, it was like, oh, that actress. Yeah, yeah. It just so, goes uh, to prove what I tell a lot of people: people who breathe live longer than people who don't. I don't breathe <laughs> a lot. Terrible. It's the truth, though. Think about it. Oh man, she was sixty-one. Oh. Love Potion Number Nine was a great movie. Still quoted to this day. Really. Yeah, I feel like everyone probably under maybe 35 now probably doesn't know what it is because I quoted around younger people and they're like, what? All right, I'm going to take the bait. Throw me a quote from the movie. Oh, I don't know any quotes from the movie. I just know that there's like a chasing <laughs> scene. There's a chasing scene the whole town chases after. And like sometimes life feels like that. And then sometimes it doesn't. I can honestly okay. tell you, I have never felt like everyone was chasing after me. <laughs> so that's it for the sad news. So we're going to move on to the not as sad news. Uh, what is that noise? I hear clanking and, and there's something going on in the background of somebody. For once, it's not for me. It's, it's not huh? I. Not it's me. Not. Yeah, okay. Sure. <laughs> I am literally well, there's one a, out of four of us. <laughs> I am sitting in a basement of nothing happening. I am sitting in a room with nothing going on. Yeah, okay. I want <laughs> us to all turn on the video and I want to see what's going on behind <laughs> you. Deal. I I I just hear I just hear some background noise. And so please well, uh, refrain from that background see? noise. All right. Anyways, nothing, from the nothing. I I see that I put up, so therefore I can shut up. No one else did. Oh, I did, but I'm in the car by myself with Ralph's ice. Aha! But the car, no, but the car is parked in my driveway. So I think all I see is black. I just see a black screen. Yeah. This is Say. the best radio show ever. <laughs> Sorry, um, guys. So, oh, from oh. the listen, it's still better than a lot of other shows I've already watched today. So. Cousin Brucey <laughs> ain't got nothing on us, my friend. From the that's a lot of nuts department because <laughs> it's the only other department. We have the bad, the sad news department, and that's a lot of nuts. <laughs> we have no other departments. Really? Is that a third one? There's tons of departments. It's just that's the biggest wing of our of our cereal. Uh, I thought we were running a department store. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> the new Elvis film about Elvis has taken the number one spot in the domestic box office, pulling in thirty-one million dollars in ticket sales in its first week of release. 
For those of you keeping track, the new Top Gun sequel is still the highest grossing film of this year, 2022, with $525.4 million, followed by the Doctor Strange sequel with $409 million. So um, Dominic is the one that did say that he believed that Thor was going to be the one to dethrone Top Gun from being the highest grossing film of 2022. I went and checked. Thank you. Thank you very much. Are you still uh, certain about that? Yeah. Am I certain about anything in this world? No. Uh, did anybody see certain. certain mean, sir? Did anybody see Top Gun? Let's let's start with that. Well, I've I seen the not. original, yes. Okay, nobody saw it. <laughs> Different type of movie. Man. I have a need. Oh, a need for speed. Did anybody yeah. see Doctor Strange? I've seen Doctor Strange. I have a and need for speed. I feel quite strange. I enjoyed it. I, I am strange. It was uh, a lot, like a lot of memes on Facebook. It said like it's Evil Dead Four. <laughs> Sam oh. Raimi came through, you know. Like there are zombies. There's Bruce Campbell, you know. I I well, also enjoy it. it. Very enjoyable. I also enjoyed it, and I felt that fundamentally it was better than um, uh, the Spider-Man movie. So I think this was the uh, was better than Spider-Man. But moving okay. on. <laughs> Movie. So wait, wait, you actually, you liked it? Yeah, I did like it. I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was enjoyable. Like I said, foundationally, it was as enjoyable as Spider-Man was, but foundationally, it, it was lacking the Spider-Man. And I can pull, if you poke it, uh, if you blow on it, it crashes the whole story down. But this one, I felt had a little more solid foundation, so it was actually a better movie. I think this might be the first time in the history of the show that you and I like the same movie. We've liked other stuff wow. before. I just can't think of something right now. Oh, okay. Very good. Uh, so moving on. From the only paying fans department, after her 18-year-old daughter made an OnlyFans account, none other than 51-year-old Denise Richards has followed suit. Prior to joining, Denise says, I wish I had the confidence my 18-year-old daughter has. I also can't be judgmental of her choices. I did wild things. I did Playboy. Quite frankly, her father, which is Charlie Sheen, shouldn't be either. And be able to ignore the negativity at her age? It took me many years, and I still sometimes struggle. I'm in awe of her ability to be able to shut out the noise because it can destroy you. I recently learned about OnlyFans in the last few months, and the judgment because women, the judgment because women and men are, of the adult industry are there, I imagine they're on Instagram and Twitter as well. Is there really a different posting a picture of ourselves in a bikini on Instagram? We've all done it. I'm pretty sure Instagram and Twitter and Facebook do quite well off of all of us. Is it so bad to control and monetize it too? I'm sorry, but if I can get paid and at my age to see me in a bikini, God bless you. Perhaps I should open my own account. And now she did. Wow, what a jacket on. She wrote all that out. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Not only did she write all of that, and not only did you sound more like John Cryer than Denise Richards. Uh it's amazing that she, she it was like a book. It was like war and peace to describe one little thing. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I think Jen! it's uh I think it uh it's a double meaning in my head. Like first off, I'm like, hey, yeah, she it is cool that she is going to take control of her data, as they say, and she's going to make money off of it. So why not? 
On the other hand, it's only fans. It's a, you, is that your way of saying it's only fans? <laughs> yes. you, you, it's only fans. Right. So I know uh, Jenny Feldy has talked about this many a time. So what are your thoughts on Denise Richards and OnlyFans in and of itself? I mean, the way I see it is Denise Richards already taking her clothes off. And I think if you're already taking your clothes off and people have already seen the full package, you're already there. You can't put the baby back into the uterus. You know, you might as well make some money. But my thoughts for OnlyFans, sorry, a lot of people aren't going to like this for people who have not shown everything and everything's not hanging out in your body is your naked body isn't googleable it's probably best you know to keep uh not to do it you know but i think for her it makes her it makes sense everything's already out there i I, I would do it if i were her i mean what what else can you show there's nothing left you might as well get paid for it all right dominic you got two cents well uh, due to my lady, I watch The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Cause... I thought you were going to say I watch OnlyFans. <laughs> Me too. I was waiting for the Rays, no. though. Oh, yeah. no. I watch The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, to which Denise Richards used to be on. And I remember watching an episode in which she was having this whole big hubbubaloo with the other women on the show because they didn't want her daughter, Sammy, hearing them talking about sex. So I find this entire thing somehow serendipitous and ironic that, that she's like no just don't talk, don't talk about it like within earshot of my kids so loudly and then yeah here, she won't watch the show yeah i was like yeah and here's now her daughter on only fans you don't here's the thing about only fans as i understand it you don't actually have to get naked on it some of the celebrities seemingly do very well without doing that yeah. but they're already celebrities it's like you know it's like it's like anything you know blogging vlogging videos whatever podcasts like some people make it big in it and then celebrities say oh it's a way i can make money and they jump in and then people who are going to make it big can't like that yeah. cash me outside girl was able to pay for a six million dollar house in florida by being on OnlyFans. Yeah, wild. I know, in cash. Crazy. No, they, did. Yeah, they did. They did. Well, the yeah. way that people had a problem with Bella Thorne as an actress, and she made her own, but she wouldn't show any skin, and a lot right. of people were really mad. But then I right. think she created her own OnlyFans. It's like a, it's like a website that competes with OnlyFans. I think she actually created it. Hmm. And I think Possibly. someone from my high school is like helping her out. I don't. I don't know. Huh. Yeah. So moving on. I think even Cardi B has an OnlyFans. Like everyone has. Wow. At this point, like, they either celebrities seemingly either are doing OnlyFans or Cameo, or maybe both. Hmm. All right. Yes. That's, I think Cameo is a little little different hmm. than OnlyFans. Um. But moving on. No, no. I'm just saying. Moving like, on. I'm though, just saying that every celebrity is seemingly doing both. Uh, yes. Right. There's a major difference between the two. Okay. But they're trying yeah. to cash in on their celebrity as much as possible. Inflation. Did you? Did you have all. a? Did you have your two cents, Charlie? I thought you already gave your two cents. No, I didn't. You okay, didn't so moving me. on. So moving on. I'm asking you, did you have your two cents? I thought you already had your two cents earlier. Did you have anything else to add before we moved on? I'm not going to now. Move on. <laughs> You've heard this. From the, it's so crazy, it must be true follow-up department. See, there's more departments. Um, non-binary flash actor Ezra Miller once oh, no. again, has been accused of more inappropriate behavior. 
For those of you who don't remember, or care for that matter, in a recent broadcast of our own very show, we mentioned how Ezra, quote, cannot be located, unquote, to be served in order of protection papers against him from parents of various young adults. Turns out that now Ezra, according to Rolling Stone uh, report, has a mother and her three young children living with them where, quote, guns and drugs are rampant, unquote. According to the father of the children, aged from one to five, the one-year-old allegedly found a loose bullet and put it in her mouth. And video footage shows at least eight assault rifles, weapons, and handguns lying around the living room with some weapons propped up next to a pile of stuffed animals. Also, there has been, also, quote, there has been frequent and heavy marijuana use in front of the children with little concern or about proper ventilation, unquote. Apparently, Ezra met the 25-year-old mother earlier this year in Hawaii, booked a flight for her and her three kids without the father's knowledge, and the father has, quote, not been able to see, speak, or uh, communicate with his children since they left in April, unquote. The father says, I am going through hell and back. I've got a bad feeling in this stomach. I do want to go get my kid. I mean, they're the effing world to me, unquote. Uh, now, on the other side, Vermont's Department for Children and Families reportedly visited Ezra's home, but the social worker told the father that the kids, quote, looked good, unquote. Oh, Dominic. I told you were. Wait, 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 wait. So, of yes. the, you, you said Vermont is in the state of yes. Vermont? Yes. So Ezra Mill is holed up somewhere in the state of Vermont? <laughs> I guess so. It's not that hard. It's a very barren state because I've, I've gone there all my life. But so a social worker from mm -hmm. Vermont mm -hmm. somehow could find and visit Ezra Mella. And well, they visit the home the where home. the mother and the children were. Ezra may or may not have been there. And just like looked around and saw what supposedly is this chaotic mess and went, yeah, this is fine. This is all OK. <laughs> and did nothing about it and went and told the dad, yeah, they're OK. You're, that's what you're telling me. You just read. That is what I'm telling you. But it, I, I, I cannot. We cannot confirm what the social worker saw. They're just that's, that's what they reported. <laughs> um, this is a clear case of liberalism gone amok. <laughs> amok, 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 amok. Um, because like it's very liberal up there in Vermont, and uh, yeah, they must be what all like. This is like super troopers. It must have been, <laughs> they, you know, they oh. drink that, they, they drink that syrup. It gets a little antsy yeah. in the pantsy. Yeah. I mean, like, really, like, I thought super troopers was a comedy. I didn't know it was foreshadowing the, the way that Vermont runs its state. You know, wow. I'm thinking my mind is going crazy that, could you imagine if the social worker came over there and one of the kids shot her? It's possible. Wow. One of the kids shot her and she ran away and just had a panic. She says, everything's fine. It's okay. Yeah, it's true. It. Nothing to see here. Everything's nothing, nothing to see here. here. I given, mean, them the, given them the big thick ace. Yeah. Yeah. I've been to I've been going to Vermont my entire life almost every So you know where the house is? Probably I could probably find it. Do, do they list like where the house is? They, they, do they, not. they don't they do not because it's a good chance i've been in the town whatever town but it's a it's a compound that's what that's, they say it's a compound you know how it's a large area 25 acre area yeah, yeah. that's nothing you know how easy it is to make a compound in vermont There's oh my like, god 
they sell off like uh like acreage by the like hundreds of dollars like twenty thousand acres for two hundred thousand it's like nothing it's cheap up there because it's mostly mountains and stuff like you have just dairy farms and 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 ski lodges all right so what what is your 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 point you're going to make regarding vermont oh they're nuts (laughs) (laughs) they're just nuts of there. Like the it, views the shows on the They're like happy. Like, they're hippy dippy nuts. <laughs> like, we, just, said, we just lost. We just lost the Vermont section of the fans. Well, Trust me, I will Trust never me, get you didn't lose again. anything. You didn't lose anything in Vermont. Okay. When, oh man. When you said ahead, compound, Charlie. when you yeah. said compound, I immediately oh. thought of the people in the compound giving horse, you know, giving uh, rides around the, the compound with the horses, you know, like yeah. the Charlie Manson family, yeah. you know? Just, just, to relate it back, just to relate it yeah. back to, the, to this show, there is yeah. one comic book store in all of Vermont. That's Vermont. <laughs> but just so you wow. understand, like, that's it. Okay. Their Their biggest city of Burlington is like less it has less population than any town on Long Island. Like and that's their largest city. Like okay. Montpelier, their capital, their state capital, I think has two roads and one maybe one or <laughs> two stoplights. I mean, it's 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 so easy to just get hold. You don't you don't even need to be near civilization in Vermont. It's not hard to have a compound in Vermont. <laughs> Tell man, wow. Jenny Felder, you've been awfully quiet about this. Do you have anything else to add? You know, um, well, I like Vermont. It reminds me of my old time trips. I'm really not familiar with this Ezra Miller thing. I've only heard blips and pieces, so I feel like I'm a little uninformed on the matter. But wow, basically, the guy is. fled. The guy fled, and he, people were looking for him for a while, and he's a big star so, that I don't care about. <laughs> so he's a, he's a, he's a big star. He's in the, he's in the upcoming flash movie. That's a big deal. And I, I hate to be Warner Brothers executives right this moment. Um, he's gotten into trouble, as we mentioned last week about uh, having the order of protection served against him for, uh, for uh, inappropriately being around some children. Uh, right. They can't find him to serve him. They still can't find him. Now this guy <laughs> says the parents, uh, his kids, and, and I guess his, uh, the mother of his children are living in his estate. And stuff's going down, and that's where we're at right now. So that's the thing. So if they're living in his estate, he's there, right? So they found him? They haven't said if he was there or not. They just said yeah. that he's in, that they're in the estate, there are guns, and there's uh, drugs, and uh, the, the social worker said everything's fine. That's, that's what we got going on. You know, I mixed this up with the other guy. There was, there was someone for uh, listeners that I was maybe going to interview, and uh, – a day or two before I was supposed to interview him, he got, uh, well, arrested yes. with some yes. child involvement. So I, it reminded me of that. And I was like, is everyone just involved with children? Uh, that that is true. So for fans of the show, we did have a scheduled interview, which we never actually did or, or, or announced. But no. um, the person didn't get back to us. And we we're like, I wonder what happened. And then I'm, and then I'm just scrolling through the news as I tend to do, and I saw this name. And I was like, that name looks awfully familiar. And I clicked, and I was like, holy crap, the guy's in jail. Exactly. So <laughs> I, I was just thinking of that. But that is not that is not Ezra. We were not interviewing Ezra. I was going to say, no. what, did we have Ezra Miller <laughs> supposed to be on the show? I, I, I had be... to double check. I was like, is this the same guy? 
no. That would be how our show goes, of course. Uh, all right, so moving on for the last well, bit of news. Well, I was relieved yes. to hear that the guy went to jail because I thought maybe that the girl I was going to interview was a big star, saw my Instagram and was like, oh no, I'm not doing that. So at least uh-huh. it wasn't me. Thank you for our stations. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, all right, so, so last, out last... of curiosity, I looked up where he has his place. It's in Stamford, Vermont. And I could tell you, this is like as remote as it gets in Vermont, Southern Vermont. Hmm. No, I really... It's Wait, like so his the, place is actually listed on the online YouTube stuff? Internet? It, it's listed on, on a Rolling Stone. He's like, he's, oh. he has a Stamford, Vermont estate. His, uh, he has a farm, which is not shocking. It's on the right near the border of Massachusetts and Vermont. So well, why like, don't you give him the direction? It's not hard, actually. Just take route <laughs> It's really easy to get up there. It's it's not. I I could drive there tonight if I wanted to. The case. It came from the radios. Dominic Definitions Brown. I was going to drive up to Vermont and solve the case. It's not a problem. It's not a problem at all. Hey, hey, kids, let's all go this weekend. Yay! Yeah, it's uh, it's not that hard to figure out how to get up there. Um, oh my god! All right, I'm not kidding. Well, it's it's maybe 50 minutes maybe from like Bennington Vermont which is an okay size town. It's oh, um man. this is ridiculous. <laughs> like this whole thing is ridiculous that this guy is like <laughs> up and like what are the He e- may or may not even be there. I he may or may not even be there. But if he's not <laughs> there and like this parent and and kids are just hanging out there like I don't know. <laughs> The authority, like, what are the authorities busy doing? Well, they said everything's well, fine. They're doing, yeah. doing nothing since that lady said, "Oh, it's all good." Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everything's fine. Well, Nothing yeah. to see here. Nothing to see fine. here. We're just making maple syrup and milking the cows. Yeah, that, there that's you go. about it. And dodging yeah. the bullets from the kids. Just dodging there you go. bullets. Yeah. Oh man! Wow. I'm going to try to get to this last bit of news. Actually, I don't even think we have enough time for it. But no, I'll, I'll we, do my, we, have, I'll... we have less. We have three minutes and 30 seconds. All right. So I'll... let me see if I, what I can do with this. Just wrap the show. Up. <sighs> Should we just wrap it up? Just wrap it up. Try it. All right. All right. So let me, let me just throw it out there. <clears throat> From the... None other than King Feature Syndicated has announced a new writer slash artist for its weekly Sunday Popeye comic strip. 46-year-old Randy Milholland will be taking the reins from the previous writer-artist, a 95-year-old High Eisman, who has been on the strip since 1994, making Randy the only the eighth person to work on the series since its creation in 1919. Executives say... <clears throat> 
We love Randy's bold lines, quirky character designs, and bright colors. He's bringing back characters who haven't been seen in nearly a century, like Olive's sister-in-law, Cylinder Oil. I didn't know that. He's also focused on remaining readers, on reminding readers that in addition to the tough guy and defender and the underdogs that we all know and love, Popeye is also sentimental and kind, the type of guy we all want on our side. Randy says, Olive Oil is a, a millennial at this point, and Popeye is a tail and Gen Xer. Olive was outspoken and in your face. She was never the damsel in distress in the comics. All these characters have flaws, and Popeye's father, Poop Dick Pappy, is a flaw on his own. But Popeye and Olive are types to find their moral centers when needed. They may bicker and fist fight, but they still care about each other. So I think it's kind of cool that we have a new guy in charge of Popeye, and the last guy was working on it since 95. That's really cool that they kept it in-house and they keep it going. Charlie, you're a fan of Popeye? Oh, yeah, all right. We have less than a minute. <sighs> Dominic, well, I, answered, I answered the question. Dominic, fan of Popeye, yes or no? Yes, I am. Yes, yes. Jen, fan of Popeye, Popeye fan? Uh, Popeye's biscuits are really great. Oh, man, this is terrible. <laughs> um, so we're almost out of time. No, we're, we're out of time. We need to wrap it up, Mark. We have a minute and, uh, and 10 seconds left. So Not according to this, Dominic, so less than a minute. Dominic Dismissin in Toronto. Uh, final thought for this new segment. Wrap it up. <laughs> Senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino. That's it. Hellman, Jenny Feldy, final thought. Well, today has become my second cheat day of the week, and I'm very happy about it. I'm going to take out some stress on some junk food, and then I'll get back to normal. I'm very happy about that. So uh, thanks, food, because thanks to food, no one will get killed this week. Cool. So with that, this terrible news segment, we'll be right back <laughs> with the Game Fun Radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio, the sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jay Bird and Lee, and we're here again with our special guest, Riley. Hello! What's happening, Riley? Nothing much. We're going to talk about the Book of Boba Fett. The Book of Boba Fett! Yes, we're going to talk about something that is good? Not good? Mm-hmm. Mediocre? What do you think? Medium. Medium? You, yeah. you weren't too happy with the series? Well, I didn't like that. Like, there's all these episodes with basically nothing except just finding his armor and stuff like that and getting a whole crew, but it took, like, four episodes just to get all that. It did. It was... At least the, the only part that was good was when there was two parts. When they, when, when they brought Luke Skywalker and Ahsoka in it with um, Grogu, which is Baby Yoda, and then when Baby Yoda came back to... The Mandalorian, because he was back in it. Yeah, I think that was probably the best part of the series. It was almost like um, season two and season one and a half of The Mandalorian, because the book of Boba Fett, like, it was kind of boring about watching Boba Fett try to become a mafia boss or a boss of the town, right? Yeah. And what did you think of those, like, um, 
people on the motorcycles, the little scooters that, or whatever those things were. They you mean the uh, half robots, half humans? Yeah, what'd you think? I about? didn't like them. That was just terrible when they brought those guys in. Yeah, I think so too. It didn't seem like it was that great. I mean, I think one of the best, uh, is it Shan, Shanik? What's what? Fennec Shane? Fennec Shane, yeah. I think she's like the best in the show. You know? Yeah, no, Mandalorian. Well, I mean, besides the Mandalorian, because he's got his own thing going, you know? I yeah. think she's a great assassin, right? Yeah, she's great. But yeah. she did die. Well, they brought her back, right? Yeah, but she did die. Yeah, okay, in, in the Mandalorian, right? She yeah, they brought her back with robot parts. Yeah, so what did you think of Boba Fett himself? Do you like him? Mm, he's good, but he was better in the old movies than he is now. Right, like Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi, The Empire Strikes Back, and A New Hope. I don't think he was in A New Hope. He wasn't in A New Hope. He was only in Empire. And and then you like um, the the Clone Wars stuff that he was in, right? Oh, uh, well, Clone he was, but he was only a kid when that happened. And he he just blew up a whole Star Cruiser just to kill Ma- Ma- uh, Mace Windu. Oh, yeah. Well, you But know, he still didn't kill him. He still didn't get him. Mm-hmm. But do you like... Uh, do you like the sand people that were in? in yeah, the but you still wouldn't really understand them. Yeah, it was kind of hard. I mean, it just seemed like it was trying to be a little bit more than it could have been. Or actually, not even. It didn't seem like it just... The, it didn't live up to the hype of who Boba Fett is. It's, yeah. Because you're expe- expecting like this guy. Yeah, he changes after Return of the Jedi and becomes more of a heartfelt guy. You know, but he doesn't really like. I don't know. He's not cool. He didn't seem cool. Yeah, Mandalorian's way cooler. What do you think of um, Cad Bane coming in? That was uh, like a twist. Yeah. To the story, like he was—he's very good. But then him coming in—it's like okay. What? What do you mean? That was so badass. He came in. They, you know, they shot him, right? In, in, no. In, oh, what did he do? Boba Fett stabbed him. He stabbed him, and they say that he might actually still be alive and come back. No. You don't think so? Because there's no way that he would survive that. He stabbed him right in the, like, ribs and stuff. Yeah, like, kind of in the chest. But yeah. I think they said there was, like, if you watch any of the Easter egg things or, like, YouTube guys who talk about it a lot, mm-hmm. they say that he had a life... Per, um, a life preserver type thing like a um some kind of thing that kind of like re- tells you if his body is dead or not and it was kind of beeping kind of like a heart monitor mm. and it was still beeping so they think that he might come back well that's only a prediction well that'd be kind of cool right would if you he like came back do you think he'd be cool or do you think he'd be like he's he looks uh, well he was way better in the clone wars and the bad batch than boba fett yeah he was only in two episodes no he wasn't Oh, no, of the uh, middle of the book of Boba Fett, he was only in two episodes. Yeah, well, in Clone Wars, he was like in every, almost every. So, are you looking forward to the next Mandalorian season? There's no, going to be another one. Yeah, there's going to be another one. So, well, all I know, I just wonder what it's going to be about. Well, I mean, it's going to be Grogu and him. Yeah, or it could just yeah, it's true. So, are you looking forward to it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be fun, right? Yeah. All right, so Book of Boba Fett, not so great until The Mandalorian came in. Yeah, and Baby Yoda, which is Girl Grew. All right, well, until next time? Yep, until next time. See ya.
The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot Club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. <laughs> oh, it's a CradleCon wrap-up. CradleCon wrap-up. CradleCon is truly an awesome event to view and purchase original art, comic books, sculptures, communicate directly with the artists, writers, and producers of comics, and various shows and educators. This is the place to ask artists how they create their work, how they distribute it, and how they've gotten known and paid. I interviewed Christian Alawash, who teaches a comprehensive art course, prepping humans to create their own comic books. I also talked to Hash from Evolution Comics, and we talked about the distribution side of the comic book industry. At this con, artists can link up with distributors, and distributors can find new creators. Ray Felix was there. We love Ray Felix. He's a very uplifting educator with a variety of comic books. We spoke all about them, showcased them on video as well. And he said not to get into this for the money. I I hear a lot of comic book producers, artists say this, not to get into it for the money. But it seems like they love it. So this is definitely a group of very passionate people that are at this CradleCon event. I also spoke with the multi-talented Brimstone, he runs Grindhouse Radio, which is an awesome radio station in Long Island that broadcasts countless shows, and he shared with me his voiceover work, his new action figure, and his past wrestling in the wrestling world, and in Sesame Street. Yes, he was in Sesame Street, and also started a wrestling school, I believe. Um, not going to mention the name of that right now, but he's out of that um, teaching wrestling, and He also is into the cartoon world as well. Very busy guy. I don't think he sleeps much, but um, we could do much more on just Brimstone. Oh, maybe Brimstone will have his own Cradle Con one day. (laughs) Who knows? Now, this event has a great lineup, but it's also at a cool venue worth checking out. It's at the Cradle of Aviation in Garden City, Long Island, which contains a full dome planetarian, planetarian, planetarium, planetarian? planetarium okay wow obviously i haven't been to a planetarium in years and uh a planetarian i don't even know if that's a word i guess we are all planetarians because we're on this planet right who knows there's also flying cars on display so there's four of those i believe very interesting i wonder if we'll be getting into flying cars one day there are eight galleries which allow visitors to travel through a hundred years of aerospace from hot air balloons to an actual lunar module. Very interesting. So this is a pretty cool con for parents, girlfriends, husbands, or really any plus one that maybe isn't isn't into comics, but they're into aviation. Or maybe the people going are into aviation, but they're not into comics and pop culture. So that's pretty cool because a lot of times there's that situation Hey, not everyone into aviation is into comics. Not everyone into comics is aviation, right? So anyway, I'm looking forward to next year. I hope I'm allowed to go. I hope I'm not banned. I don't see why I would be banned, but you know what? People are unpredictable. 
And I'd say anytime anyone's ever been mad at me, I didn't even know. So who knows? So thank you for having me, Seamus and Geraldine. Thank you very, very, very much. Next year, CradleCon 4 takes place May 20th and 21st, 2023. Again, at the Cradle of Aviation, Garden City. And now back to more. It came from the radio. Ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start? Worry not, true believers. We at the Comic Book School may just have the answer to your questions. Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com. Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to Came from the Radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing, of course, is Demon B creator, Christy Shin. Hello. How so, are you? I am well. Um, so, Christy, I, I'm tempted to call you Christine, so I'm, I'm fighting that temptation to just call you Christy. So, fight Christy, it, fight it. <laughs> so, Christy, let's just get right to the basics. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us about your project, Demon V. Oh. Okay, well, uh, I'm a Ringo Award-winning artist uh, from Mind Plan Parenthood. Uh, that's what I want it for. And I am actually a, a creator overall, I consider myself, because I did start out in artwork, but then I'm beginning to write, and apparently I'm not bad at writing. So there you go. And uh, Demon B is a low-level demon from the 13th Pit of Hell, where people throw their dog crap and gum wrappers. And they want to, she wants to bring the second coming of Armageddon, but the first one ha- never happened because she's kind of stupid. She's based on girls I didn't like in L.A., you know, that were the coke addicts, that were the ones that were like, I'm a model, I'm a model, I'm a model, but they were kind of useless people. And they weren't the nicest people, and they weren't the most trustworthy of people. So I decided to make fun of them. So is that where the generic look of the character comes from, that as well? Yeah, it's kind of like that wannabe look, you know. The whole, like, I'm chasing somebody else's coattails look. The the thing of, like, let me hook up with a star and their entourage or a celebrity and try to get as much as I can out of it. Which is actually kind of filthy in a way and to myself. Now, this is more like a, um, I would say, like a, a comic strip, like the far side type deal. Like, it's just a one panel or two panel uh, things, correct? Yeah, it's it's kind of a combination. I've realized if I really need somebody to visualize it, it's kind of a similar thing of, um, I would say, probably Life in Hell and uh, Farsight. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. And is that something that you had initially planned with this with this particular story? Or is this something that, that came along as, as time went on? Well, I think I wanted to tell a narrative, but it was more of my observations of how stupid people can act. And just like how nobody really calls people out on it. And I don't mean like a call out, like you have to humiliate them, but it's more of like, why do you guys go along with half this stuff? Like, you know, this is a stupid thing to do. You know that it's never worked out. And it doesn't mean like, oh, I tried something cool. Like, oh, I tried to go and invent a way to harness electricity and I failed multiple times. I mean, I don't think that's stupid, but saying like, okay, I have a boyfriend. He's a really good guy, but I'm going to cheat on him. And it's like, how is that going to work? for the millionth time you've done this. <laughs> Do you think that the social media of today also helped in the creation of Demon Bee? 
I would think so. I mean, it helps create and maintain, and it sustains her in a weird way. And I think with any mode of communication, um, you have healthy ways. I don't think the mode of communication is wrong. So if you're looking at social media or phones or texting, that in itself is not wrong. I think it's amoral. It's like it doesn't have more moral or moral points, but how you use them can be harmful or it's helpful. I mean, it's just a mode of communication. And I think with social media, yeah, it's good to kind of like do proof of life stuff or showcase your work or at least talk about your life. But unfortunately, some people take it to the extreme of they have to show I'm going to the bathroom or I'm really a busy person. Look at all these friggin' stupid selfies that I take. You know, it's funny. Um, you have a very um, George Carlin outlook on things. Was he, Are you a fan of his by chance? I actually really liked him. I, I wouldn't say that I w- listened to every single one of his humor, but I like humor. Like uh, I've listened to a few of his uh, stand-up routines. They're very good. So what would be your, your influences then? Well, in terms of comedy, um, I actually grew up with uh, Eddie Murphy. I would say that I grew up with Robin Williams, but it was more of his movies, not his stand-up. The stand-up was a little bit before my time. Red Fox, I think, same thing, but more on the the TV comedy side. Uh, I think, I would say the most recent one is Dave Chappelle. I would say that that's the most recent one. I mean, I, I did listen to Margaret Cho and all this, but I would say the the Eddie Murphy and uh, Dave Chappelle are probably the funniest ones to me. And you said you started out as an artist. So where did you get your art style from? It's from a lot of different things. Uh, I was influenced by a lot of different uh, styles of comics. There's obviously American comics from the big two, Marvel and DC. Then I graduated to Vertigo and Dark Horse and, you know, anime was brought in. I think Dark Horse actually brought in some anime, but Viz was also a big thing in the day as well as Eclipse and Studio Proteus brought in a lot of the, um, and a lot of the manga and the anime. I lived near Japantown in San Francisco. So I would go, my mom and I, we would go there and it would, there would be Japantown. It's still around. And I don't know if that video store is still open, but we would just, I would just buy recorded OAVs with no subtitles <laughs> of anime that I liked. And, you know, whenever I could, I try to get whatever manga and anime that I could. And then I went to comic stores and I would read them. And then primarily uh, I would actually read and copy as a kid, you know, you just copy the art style just to see how they did it. But as I graduated more and more and got older, um, I would say that underground comics was a thing. And I actually got introduced to underground comics when I was a kid, when my parents took me to Stanford and the college bookstore and I'd read those and it'd just be like, Oh wow. What the hell is all this? (laughs) Sorry if I said that, but what the, what's all this stuff, you know? And it was like so subversive and so weird and so messed up. But I really like that. And um, I don't know. I think I kind of like it when it's a little bit subversive and strange because I think it tends to be more genuine when it does that. I mean, I'm not saying people can't clout chase by doing more and more outrageous things. It's just to me, underground comics never went away from what it really was. They never had these movements where they pretended to be more marketable or anything. They just were as it got very popular. I mean, you look at life in hell, that's one thing. And also I looked at a lot of the manhwa, which are the Korean comics, and I would grew up with those too. So at what point did you decide you wanted to be an artist? I think I always was. I was always drawing. I don't think there was a question of that when I was a kid. 
I mean, I would do other work in order to fund my artwork. And they got to a point where I could actually do everything by myself with my artwork. So when you, I guess the, the term is became a professional artist, and then you decided to transition over to being a writer artist, what's the next step? Or is that your comfortable area to be in? Because I guess, well, I guess the next step would be publisher. You're a publisher, writer, artist, right? Yeah, I just kind of did what I needed to do. It just kind of ended up happening that way. And uh, so I just take on other things that essentially, I don't want to say the same amount of tasks, but the same kind of family of tasks that you would be, that you would be familiar with. It would be very strange to say that it isn't. Like right now I got elected president of CAPS Comic Art Professional Society, and I'm doing some major changes in there. I can't talk about it at this moment because it hasn't finished. I'm still planning it out. But I had to take that, that organization. And it was funded in 1977 by Sergio Aragones and a few other guys. And the thing is, is that they, um, with, with those guys, it was like, I had to take that organization post-COVID and kick it into out of COVID. And I made some changes. I mean, small changes, but there are changes. And, uh, you know, we hooked up our social media. We actually put together a team of social media people. And uh, we've been promoting artists that way. That's one of the things that we're doing as we're opening up. Because as I'm in California, we had one of the more stricter lockdown measures. So even though it's coming out of it, it's actually loosening up quite a lot, even though despite what they say on the news, the thing is, is that you know, some people are still kind of reticent about something. Some people are not. It's kind of either or, or in public, they get kind of reticent, but now it's like in real life, they don't really care. It's really strange. This whole divorcing of like, as again, earlier social media to keep up her appearances rather than real life. But we've been kind of promoting our members. Um, I've been for free comic book day telling people, Hey, please like go for members, tell us where you're going to be you know, and uh, what comic stores, because I know comic stores took a big hit too during the pandemic. So do you find that the pandemic, because that was, that was, and is still a huge thing, affected uh, DMB's uh, character growth and um, creation? I think it gave me time to work on it because I didn't have cons at the time and I didn't have anything else. So essentially I'm stuck in my house doing stuff <laughs> and occupying it per day. So I did lunch hour. I did lunch hours every day, you know, pretty much because it was just to occupy my time. Um, I developed books. I did two Kickstarters during the pandemic, not last year, but the year prior. Last year, I was kind of burnt out. So I didn't want to like really do it. And I was starting to merge. So there was that as well. All right. So we're at social media time. So where can people find out more about uh, the book? Um, I know there's a Kickstarter as of this recording, which is the April 27th, but this probably won't air until sometime in May. So what's going on in May? Well, May, I'm going to be actually doing free comic book day at the comic bug over Manhattan Beach in Los An in California. Then I'm going to be at Powerhouse Comic Con in Pleasanton for a day. Uh, I think that's on a Saturday. That's the next weekend. And then I'm going to do Ontario Comic Con, Ontario, co sorry, comic, Ontario Comic Con Revolution. I believe that's what it's called. Sorry, I'm a little off. Uh, I'm also doing the campaign, so I'm a little tired, so pardon me on that. But Comic-Con Revolution, that will be in Ontario, California, and that will be on the 22nd, 21st to the 22nd. And then the last day, I think I'm doing Asian Invasion, and that's the last Saturday of the 28th of May. And because, what about social media posts and website? Uh, oh, social media. Go on my link tree, uh, link.tr.ee. Uh, link 
forward slash horror tour studios. And you can go find links to everything that I have from apparel to art prints and books, which I personally sign and send it to you. And uh, my Patreon, as well as Demon B, the web, the link to the webtoon. And I also want to mention quickly, uh, I was checking out the campaign and you said it was supposed to be a video game of some sort coming soon. Yes, uh, it's going to be the first level. We're, we're doing it kind of slow because, you know, a lot of us, you know, have jobs and lives. I mean, <laughs> I have Demon B, you know, the person that's helping me program. She's got other work that she does. So we're keeping mindful of everybody's schedule. So we're trying to keep as realistic of the timeframes as possible. So this is to release a beta level, beta test of level one. So then people can go beta test it and complain to her how much it sucks. <laughs> and I don't blame the pro- programmer. It's usually demon, but- uh, demon B that sucks. Excuse me. That's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll get the editor on that one. Um, okay. So we are almost out of time. So final thoughts. Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? Oh, I was. Oh, before you do that final thought, I want to mention that um, it is not a family-friendly book, a property. Correct. Well, yeah, it, it isn't. And the funny thing is, like, I let people read the book beforehand, all of my books. <laughs> for some reason, they'll still buy it for their kids. So, you know, they have been warned. Okay. So I just want to put that out there because uh, sometimes people think it's one thing and it's not. And I usually stress if it is a family-friendly book, but I want to mention that it may not necessarily be a quote-unquote family-friendly book. But do you have a final thought for our, our listeners? Well, my final thoughts are, it's interesting what you can do by observation. I think we tend to not carefully listen or um, not mindfully listen. I know people go like, well, mindful listening is like whatever. And they have this concept of it, but really just take a while to sit and look and listen and see how much you learn. Because actually there's a lot more of the truth out there than what isn't. And uh, I'm not trying to sound like X-Files and all that, but honestly, the world is a little bit more simpler once you just sit back and listen, really listen and observe. I think uh, you can under under complicate things if you do that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we tend to have squirrel thoughts. I mean, we, we do understand that. And sometimes talking more and running around more is not quite the thing that you should do. All right. So my final thought is this. Um, it's a pleasure having you, I guess, on the show. I really appreciate um, you're able to self-censor yourself and also able to express yourself at the same time. It's a very hard balance to do. Uh, you're a really cool person. I'm, I'm glad to have met you and much Thank success you. on your project. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And so likewise to you. Yeah, I'm, as I said, just give me the parameters and I'll work with them. <laughs> so with that, we're going to take our break and we'll be right back with the game from the radio. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Hey, I'm Mike Kingston, the writer and creator of Headlocked. And I am WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler. And guess what you're listening to? You're listening to It Came From The Radio! If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio. The sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. 
So that about does it for this week on the Came From the Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. go to our newly revised website, www.itcamefromradio.com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as btd.radio, sci-fi.radio, indievolt.com. Check us out on our places such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube page, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or... Just Google, it came from the radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.